welcome to the latest episode of Shrews Views, brought to you by the Kettle and Toaster Man. I'm Johnny Jury, and as always, I'm joined by Salop correspondent Ollie Westbury. Oll, feels like you've been away forever, mate. Welcome back. How was your trip? It does, does, doesn't it? I feel like, I, I can't remember, what was my last Salop name? I think it was Exeter. Yeah. It does feel like it's been a long, long time since I watched Shrews we played. So much has happened while I've been away. Um... Yeah, a pre-book trip that obviously before I took the the, the Shrewsbury job, um, so there was there was kind of nothing I could really do about it. It was very very good, mate. Very good. I feel very fortunate to have uh, been able to explore the Canadian Rockies. Um, I'm back now. I'm jet lagged uh, and I'm a bit tired, but you know it's good to be back. It's good to be um, good to be back at work and to, to kind of see how Shrewsbury have been getting on. Um, I have been following. I must admit, I have been following. I've been reading your reports, Mr. Drury. Been reading. Your I did reports. text you at one point early into your holiday, or like two days after you've been off. I think you were on the verge of travelling. You texted me about shoes. Where I was just like, stop texting about work. You're on holiday, but you just can't keep the boy away. It's football, though, isn't it? It's just like it's a Saturday. Like you need to be, you need to be uh, following what's going on. So it was a bit harder once I actually got away. I followed the uh, the Port Vale game. I followed your tweets on the Port Vale game just simply because, um, you know, I was still in the country at that point. But then with the time difference, you know, the games were being played at like six o'clock in the morning uh, where we were. So um, it meant that you know I was I was asleep. Um, but obviously, two win, uh, a defeat, and uh, sorry, two defeats and a win um, for town while I've been away. Um, it rolls reverse here. You've been going to the games. I haven't. What have you made of it? I'm taking your job. Oh, we'll go through that, pal. We'll go through that. I'll, say, yeah. I'll tell you, you follow me tweets for Port Vale. You didn't miss much, mate. You didn't yeah, miss right. much. Didn't miss much. Yeah, I wasn't at. We had um, Matt Mayer, another colleague of ours, was at. Um, the game that was one, yeah, and, um, and then we had, one, yeah. and then we had another colleague, freelancer Paul Berry, who was at, um, at Cheltenham on there on Saturday. So we'll try and talk about as much as we can from from yeah. those games. Uh, there's been a few other things going on. Win, yeah, as Ollie said, wins, defeats, uh, injuries again, which uh, players coming back from injury though, which is a positive, um, and other goings on. I'm going to start with a bit of a quick fire game review. Um, now, as all said, I'll um, I'll sort of wax, well, not wax lyrical, but I'll go on about this. As all's been globe trotting, he's been keeping an eye on. On Salop from, uh, yeah, across the pond, doesn't it? Yeah, I always say, I always say across the pond with America, but obviously Canada's it's the same thing. It's North America, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, still, still, still that way, still over there, over, I don't know, over there. So I'm just pointing my arms for those who can't see the video. Um, yeah, Port Vale was the first game. Christian said he announced himself first start for Salop. Um, worked really well with Raquel Pike to to score a really good goal after Salop had unfortunately gone behind. Um, a really poor goal that was conceded. And to be honest. It was just a bit of a drab afternoon. Um, you know, Steve Cotswold admitted after the game that his side didn't really do enough and it wasn't good enough. Um, it's one of them things like no one, no side, well, I suppose some sides turn up to get a draw, don't they? But some, not many sides turn up not to win the game. And I don't think Shrewsbury at the start of the game thought, right, we're not going to win this. But it just didn't look like they were ever going to win it, really. And, and Sadie was really the one the one positive, although he did sort of tire pretty quickly in the in the second period. But just on that, I'll, um strike partner wise, obviously you're a bit limited in this question. Um so it'll be Christian Sadie aside because you haven't really seen an awful lot of him. Um I thought he looked up really well with Raquel Pike and Shrewsbury have played a few different combinations this season. Who from what you have seen, 
Um, I think what I, the question I'll ask is, I think Christian said he's going to be the number one forward, probably. You know, he's got two and three. Um, but they have got options there. Who would you who would you play alongside alongside Sadie? Saying he's if for argument's sake he's going to be the number one striker there. From what you've seen this season, who would you put up alongside of him? I suppose it's difficult, really, uh, for me to say. I mean, I've heard really, really positive reports of what of what Sadie's been like since he signed. He sounds like a really good addition. And the one thing I like about Sadie is it, it looks like. I mean, I've, I've watched the highlights of the games. I watched them while I was away. Um, and I saw his goals, and they were, that that one against Port Vale was a great goal, wasn't it? A great team move. But also, I saw his goal. Um, it was against Burton, but I think he offers a little bit more than just you know being able to finish, doesn't he? He's good. Um, I suppose that will depend purely upon what what system Cottrell decides to play. You know, obviously they've changed a little bit, haven't they? At like the start of the season, it was very much a three at the back. But you know they've flipped. They, they change. It seems as though they've changed a little bit more and and flipped between the two formations. And obviously with the when they play the three at the back, it it's ten. Well, at times it's been, you know, a three, and then they've had the two. They've had the three at the back, and then they've had two either side of one man up front, haven't they? I don't know what formations they've played in the last few weeks. Um, but I suppose it depends upon. You know, whether they're going to have two wingers, like at times they played Shipley and Bayliss in behind the one, the lone man up front, um, you know, so I'm not sure. I think I think I prefer I prefer that when they've got, you know, either, you know, Pike. What is it? I like the 4-2-3-1 when they've got the two holding midfielders in Leahy and and Moore and then Bayliss in behind um, Pike on the right, Shipley on the left in behind Sadie. I think that was probably... The formation, but like I say, this is from my last game, Exeter. Um, so how things have progressed, I don't know how players have played from that point onwards. So that makes it a little bit difficult to make that judgment. If we were to go to a two, um, I think I prefer Pike on the right. I mean, that's just a personal opinion. Um, I quite like him when he's played on the right wing. Um, but interesting, he didn't play on Saturday, did he? I think he was on the he was on the bench, wasn't he? So so Steve Cottrell left left him out at the weekend um so yeah it's it's a difficult one it's, it's a difficult one for me to, to for me to say because I, obviously i haven't seen them play that much over the last few weeks i do i do i do like i do like pike on the wing um but they have got options haven't they uh, it's, it's hard for me to judge street too much because i've seen him play once uh, and i don't think he's really he's not featured um too much since then correct me if i'm wrong um so, you know, I think these players are still settling in, haven't they? Obviously, deadline day wasn't that long ago and they've not played too many games. It feels like the start of the season, it was very much three games a week. But since then, it feels as though it's calmed down. Just considering I was away for three Saturdays, I only actually, I only missed three games because I was expecting to miss like five or six because of the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday malarkey. But obviously that didn't happen, did it? So, you know, I think I think I'm still, we're still watching, still learning about these players before before we can make proper you know opinions of 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 where their best positions are and who who you know plays where yeah yeah absolutely just rattle through the rest of the results quickly um Port Vale in the cup the kids some of the kids in play I was particularly impressed with Josh Bailey at left back I thought he played really well but it was a 4-0 defeat to, to Port Vale and as we know Steve Cottrell's spoken about using it as a youth you know a youth development almost just because that's the way the nature of the competition is and the, and the busy schedule. What, what's your opinion on it? I, I know I used to 
I used to watch Shrewsbury quite a bit. My uncle's a season ticket holder, and, and I used to go to quite a lot of games back when um, Gary Peters and Paul Simpson were the manager. And I remember going to what would have been then probably Johnson's Paint Trophy games. Um, I think it was, yeah, before that it was ALDV Vans Trophy. Um, and they were good games. You'd have like three or 4,000 there, and it would be Shrewsbury, you know, first 11 against uh, Rochdale, for example. I remember watching a, a thrilling penalty shoot out there, um, sat behind the goal. But it's just, I asked Steve Cox about this after Port Vale, and he sort of explained how they're using it as a youth competition, but it just seems sort of lost its, it's lost its spark a bit, I think, isn't it? You know, don't get me wrong, since the youth teams came in, all these Premier League under-23s or under-21s or whatever they are, none of them have won the competition. And I suppose when you win it, it's great. But I suppose the early rounds of the competition or the early group stages are just, it's just, you can see why Salah are using that as a development type of competition, can't you? Because of the sort of, I suppose the, there wasn't much glamour with it anyway, but the glamour that was there has probably been, or the shine has been taken off a little bit. Yeah, I, I, what, what I do quite like is, is I quite like that Shrewsbury have made it clear how they're going to use the to use yeah. the competition, because at least that then it gives you know it gives fans the decision to make of do they want to go and watch Shrewsbury's young players. So they're not under any illusions, are they? The fans they know that they're going to see a young team, so they can then make their decision accordingly based on you know whether they would like to watch. I mean, I was surprised actually when I saw the team um, against was it Port Vale again, wasn't it? When they when, yeah. when they played them, but there, there was a few more senior players than yeah. I anticipated in that side um, compared to when they played Wolves under 23s or whatever it was. Um, when there was lit, there was only Bloxham and and Caton, um, I think that had, and, and Barlow that had been on the bench um, really for Town. Um, it's it's an interesting one. I, I can understand why they feel the need to, you know, change it up. Um, I really can. I feel like the demands the demands of the calendar are high. And I think as long as the, the club, which they have been, are clear in terms of what they're going to pick, then I think f- obviously fans, fans know what to expect, don't they? Um, and they have been. They've used it as a development competition. The fans know that when they go to the meadow to watch to watch town play in this competition, they're likely to see a very very young side. Um, and then they, you can make your decision accordingly. I quite like watching the young players, you know, because it gives you an opportunity to see them when you don't you don't you don't get to get to see them all that much. And you know, town are very much look, looking to to bring through as many young players as they can. You know, it's an important part of the club. Um, and it gives other players that haven't featured as much that opportunity to be able to go out and express themselves and to, you know, put their name in the hat for for a start and to get themselves into contention. I can understand frustrations as well that, you know, maybe they'd like to be to be a little bit more competitive in the competition. But at the end of the day, it's it's tough, isn't it? With this with the schedule, Shrewsbury have got a relatively small squad. Um and they've got a few injuries and uh, and it's and it's kind of like well the competition's been devalued a little bit by by having these these sides these wolves under 23s who they played didn't they these these young sides in it um so yeah i mean i really i can see i can see an argument for both to be honest i can see why 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 fans would, would like the, the team to do a little better but but at the same time i i i really do understand why why the the, the management have decided to go in the direction that they have yeah no it's an interesting an interesting think? point of view i i yeah i think you're, you're, you're quite right there um 
you know, if Shrewsbury went and played their full side every week, they might go on and have a chance of, of doing really well in it. But with the schedule as it is, and like Steve Cottrell explained, Shrewsbury have decided that they're going to have, they've got an under 18s um, and there's nothing in between. So they haven't got a 21s or a 23s or, you know, reserve team. We could have a chat for hours about reserve team football, which is no longer, you know, it's not around really anymore. But there's, there isn't that, there isn't that, that bridging um, element there. So I, I, I certainly do understand it. And I don't think the young sides from the Premier League should have ever been allowed into it, really. You know, it's an EFL competition. Um, the Premier League has got ample chance, you know, to for these youngsters to go out. And, if, if they want to get their youngsters first team football, send them out alone. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're big clubs. You know, it, it, the only people who are benefiting from it is the big clubs, really. Um, the Premier League clubs, they're benefiting by their youngsters getting a bit of game time and a little bit of exposure to first team football, which, you know, they... Yeah, but it doesn't. doesn't fit, it's not really first team football, though, is it? That but it's not. Yeah, but it's not. But kind of it's not really devalued the competition, and now, no. and now, like league sides aren't are, are making you know seven, eight, nine, ten changes to their eleven, aren't they? But also, I kind of understand for Shrewsbury's point of view, if they've only got an under 18s absolutely. Those point... guys on the fringes, they need to play because at the end of the day, you know, you get two injuries, and you know, suddenly Bloxham's playing up front, and he ain't kicked a ball in anger for a month, then. Like, where does that leave these kind of players? They're going to be rusty, aren't they? So, yeah, of course. I, I, and that, I don't think there's a right answer, is there? No, and South have been, very, like you said, been very open about it. And um, I was at, when I was at Port Vale game, there's a few fans that obviously the only one sort of side of the ground was open, and, or two, I can't remember now, but the fans were getting ang- a bit angry, a few of them, like vocal, and he just, a few of the youngsters, which I thought was a bit unfair. Um, but I think it will. I think the EFL will be forced into maybe looking at revamping the competition again, probably in the next few years, because I know a lot of people are unhappy with it. And um, but yeah, as we said, that's that's what Shrewsbury decided to do. Just quickly rattling through these, and I'm going to wrap up um, our, our chat about the the games. Burton two one. Ryan Bowman came off the bench to get a a winner for South in the second half. Um, and even though Burton played very well, moved Salah up to eighth. And then Saturday, a disappointing two 0 loss to Cheltenham. Injuries went against Salah. The performance wasn't didn't seem great and just two two not really great goals just a bad day at the office from what we've read um all just on the face of it, it there's been three league games since you've gone um South have got three points for nine games what did you would you have thought you know in hindsight looking back at before those games that they should really be getting more of a return from those games than three points given the opposition <clears throat> you'd expect them to beat Burton like they did wouldn't you Burton have struggled haven't they throughout the season um, yeah, two games on the road, your away games are always tough, aren't they? Um, yeah, I mean, they got done in the last minute against Port Vale, didn't they? It was last minute, wasn't it? Last minute, yeah. Yeah. Um, would you, I suppose, a win, a defeat and a draw, maybe, I think, would have been a fair a fair return. Uh, maybe they, hopefully they... Would have, could have got a point from one of those one of those away games. Certainly the Vale one, you'd expect it. Uh, yeah, you know, a point. They'd probably given performance, they probably would have taken a, a point. Yeah, um, by all accounts, from what I gather and what I read, um, and like I say, it's only what I gather. It, it didn't sound like it was a great game at all on Saturday, in terms of it was a bit of a you know kind of a non-event kind of game, which does happen. Maybe they would have liked to try and like get out of that with a with a point. Um, I've let a few goals in of late, haven't they, really? Which is something that you would probably argue that Salop have been really watertight at the back. Um, but I think at the moment that's just coincidental 
more than anything. I don't think we can read too much into that at this point. Uh, perhaps, you know, three or four games that games down the line, if they're still, you know, letting in one or two a game, then maybe you can read into that a little bit more. Yeah, I suppose maybe away games, they're tough, aren't they? Away games are tough. Um, so perhaps maybe you can argue that, you know, winning one, uh, sorry, getting a point in one and losing the other one would have been a, a decent run of results from the three games that, that I was away for. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I looked at Twitter. Um, Twitter's a fine thing, isn't it? What a, what a, fine, what a fine thing Twitter is. <laughs> I looked at Twitter um, after the Burton game, after they'd won 2-1. I'm just trying to have a look at the league table um, now just to see. They would have been um, eighth or ninth, I think. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, I played 10 games and got 15 points, um, Town had. And I was looking at... Uh, uh, you know, comments from fans and and et cetera, et cetera, and people saying things like, it's a great time to be a Shrewsbury fan. Um, uh, And I thought, well, you know, played 10 games, got 15 points. That's a a good start to the season, isn't it? And then, you know, a week later, um, and and they put in, by all accounts, the not the best substandard performance against the... um, And I'm not... I'm not saying that they played well. Um, uh, I don't. I don't really know, but it's just what, from what you gather and reading from from what the freelance reporter did. Um, you gather, and suddenly, like the the Twitter sphere goes into complete meltdown, um, and you get questions about style of play. And you know, I just think some sometimes maybe a little bit of perspective is needed. That you know, <laughs> we go in from one end of the spectrum to the other very quickly. You know, Shrewsbury have had a good start to the season. Um, you know they've had a good start to the season. Um, you would have you would have absolutely taken it. They're sitting 12th in the league. Um, another big game coming up at the weekend. Um, but you know I think I don't, I don't know. I just feel like Twitter is just completely not like bonkers, isn't it? It's just one thing or the other, one extreme to the other. Um, and and perhaps sometimes that little bit of you know perspective of 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 where actually you know we are. At the moment, he's, I'd say he's relatively positive. Um, but there, there, you, there you go. I suppose that's is that. Would you class that as a mini rant from me? I don't think my tone. I don't have. I don't have rant. I don't think you've got a rant in you, all. But yeah, no. that's probably as far as a rant would go from. I'm too from, but, you're, but but you're right, and it's the way everywhere. And I've spoken about this. I was actually speaking about with someone about this this morning, um, talking from a different point of view. On we're talking about West Brom. Um, but we could talk about anyone now on Twitter. It, it's the way, isn't it, in the, in the modern society? You know, a player will play well for five games. He'll have a couple of bad games, and uh, all of a sudden he'll be the worst player in the world, and he's forgotten how to play yeah. football. Going to Twitter, it's like it's like they play well for five games, and they should be a Ballon d'Or winner. And they play yeah. bad for five games, and you want to, and you know, they should be playing in a park on a Sunday league. Yeah. It's, it's just there's just no, yeah, there's no in between, is there? Yeah, and a lot of that's a lot of that's Twitter. You speak to people in face-to-face and, uh, yeah. and around the grounds and stuff and it's completely different but there we go there's all social media football twitter rant um just on some some talking just some talking points things that have come out of the last week um steve cottrell before the 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 burton game um sort of called he, he said he needed to, to see more more to need to be put in from his from some of his strikers um didn't uh, didn't name anyone individually or, or more collectively, really, and and I suppose he did from strikers Sadie and Bowman both bagged. Um, what have your thoughts been collectively on the strikers this year, in terms of you know 
probably like to see more of a more of a goal return. I'm just looking at the the goal scored now. Sadie two, Bowman two, and they're the only strikers that have got more than one goal. Obviously, Daniel has got one, but he's out for the season. Pike's got one, um, but you probably want to see a bit more of a return from your from your front line, wouldn't you? In terms of stats, I know the goals have been shared around a bit. Pennington's got two, uh, Dunkley's got two, Leahy's got two, which is a, a positive. But I'm sure Steve Cotter will be wanting to see a a few more. Goals from yeah. his front men. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I'm just getting up soccer base now because my only caveat to the goal record for the players would be their appearances. Well, I'm just going here. This is appearances in all competitions. So we've got Sadie two and five. Yeah. Bowman two and twelve. Um, Pike one in thirteen. Right. Okay. So that's a, that's obviously a mixture of starts and off the bench as well. Just yeah. as a caveat yeah. to that. Um, the, yeah. And, you know, no one expects them to be banging in 15 and 13 games, but I just wanted to get your your opinion on it, really, in terms of well, yeah. numbers. You know, Sadie's hit the ground running, hasn't he? So that's the, the one positive. Yeah, Sadie's had three starts and scored two, and he's come just, off the bench twice. Just, I suppose it's, it's hard because, like, someone like Raquel Pike, for example, you can look at his appearances and say he's played, f- f- like, 11 matches, and, he, he you know, he probably should have more than just the one goal. But... You know, for some of his games, he's been deployed at like you know. Yeah. Back, and just he? as a just as a more of a caveat to that, this is on BBC, so I'm I'm, I'm taking it as his stats been pretty accurate. You know, Sadie's yeah. got two goals from he's got 100% goal conversion rate at the moment, two shots right. from two goals. Yeah. Um, and if you look at yeah, the likes of Pike, um, 14%, you know, shot accuracy 71. These I'm never one for stats, and these are over my head a little bit. Um, yeah, so for example, like Bowman, Bowman's kind of come off the bench a couple bench, of times and got yeah. and got important goals for Town, hasn't he? He yeah. got an equaliser. The two have been important. You know, he's had four starts. So, you know, can, can you look at like Bowman's stats and say that they're, they're I don't know, unfair? I suppose if someone had played, started 10 games up front and, and come back with one goal in those games, then you'd probably yeah. say... You know they've had a chance, and you know that they're not they're not taking it. But I think it's it's still it's still so early days in the season, yeah. isn't it, to make a judgment? Obviously, the likes of Stady and Street have only just come in, and they're still making their mark. You know, Pike's rotated between right wing, right wing back, and and has played a little bit up front, um, and has done and has done pretty well. He'd probably like one or two more more goals, but I think he's he's made a generally he's made a fairly positive contribution to the team and, and Bowman's come off the bench and got and got a few. I think, yeah, I mean the art of the art of you know like the of football is and, and sport in general is just trying to get those, you know, be as consistent as possible, yeah. trying to get somebody in, you know, that, that's gonna come and and score you, you know, a lot of goals. Obviously Daniel Ludo has played started four games. Um out of the ones out of the, the eleven played so far, so obviously he's he's injured as well. So it it it's tough to judge these players at this point without anyone really having yeah. a sustained run in the sides. I suppose able- what you look at now as well, Christian said he start hit the ground running, started you know two in in two or well, two in three the last three yeah. games. You know if he can go and, and be the main goal scorer and the others can chip in with odd goals here and there, like you said, Ryan Bowman's got a couple of important ones off the bench. That's what you want, really, isn't it? And because there are, you know, Dunkley's got two. Leahy will get goals. Leahy will probably get five to ten goals this season. You know, Bayless and Shipley are, or they got one apiece at the moment, but they'll chip in. You know, Pennington's a danger from set plays. Yeah. Um, so I suppose Salah aren't really a side who, need, who probably will need a strike to score 25 
goals a season yeah. because they have got threats from multiple areas. That's just looking at the other side of the coin. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I couldn't care if someone scored three own goals and we won three nil, or you know, yeah, number nine exactly. scored a trick. I don't think it matters. What matters yeah. is what's the score at the end of the day. Now, I suppose you're always likely to get more scrutiny if, say, Town go five games without scoring. Then your, your centre forwards will probably come under the pump a little bit more because I suppose they are in the side for yeah. for that, you know, for that 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 that's their role. Obviously, Sadie got two in two, didn't he, um, last couple of weeks. Um, so I think we'll see. It looks as though the way they're going to go is Christian Sadie up front. But they've got options, haven't they? They have got options. I think that's a good that, that that's a good thing and, and an important thing with Aidan O'Brien coming back as well to offer, you know, that little bit more, that little bit more depth. Yes. Um, and 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 what what's he going to be able to now 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 bring to the table? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and yeah, if any Shrewsbury strikers are listening to this, I'm not weighing in on you. Uh, just, mm. just, just looking at the stats and asking some some questions. Um, but yeah, you're quite right. You know, they're, they're, the options there are really good. Now you've got like sort of four or five options, haven't you, up front? Um, just on another point, uh, this is off the field stuff, really. Um, Brian Caldwell was was speaking to the Daily Mail a couple of weeks ago, talking about the cost of living crisis with with football and what's happening in football and I know a few ideas were, were being mooted in the um, in the EFL about having earlier kickoff times um, through the winter to avoid clubs having to use their floodlights and we all know the energy prices are, are going up at the moment. Um, I think Coldwell revealed that at the moment Salat pays in 80 and £100,000 for their energy costs that will probably go up to between 160 and 200000 and he also talked about the the, the the impact of COVID as well since that Salva lost 2.5 million pounds since COVID um, and he sort of spoke a little bit on how revenue streams at the Montgomery Waters Meadow were not back up to what they were pre-pandemic levels in early 2020 just on this uh, yeah I thought it was quite interesting and quite open from from Brian Caldwell um, and just on these ideas he he was sort of against the idea of of these earlier kickoffs um, because it will increase probably some clubs might have to stay over at places before games and stuff. Uh, I think clubs, a few clubs are talking about 1pm kickoffs. And I know for a fact Mansfield and Walsall is 1pm in a couple of weeks because I'm actually at that game. Um, but I just wanted to get your opinion on it, really. It's not something, you know, we talk about this cost of living crisis at the moment. And yeah, we, we sort of talked about it with sort of supporters and maybe supporters won't be able to go to certain games and stuff just because they'll be feeling the pinch. But when it comes to football clubs, it's a valid point, isn't it? What, what do you think about these... You know, clubs trialing these early kickoffs to to avoid these costs. I suppose it's sort of saving money somewhere, but you could be spending a little bit more money elsewhere. Yeah, um, I'm a traditionalist. I do like the 3 p.m. kickoffs. What 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 I think is a travesty is how much money there is up the pyramid compared to how much money there is down the pyramid. You know. Players in the Premier League are being <laughs> bought for absolutely extortionate amounts of money. And then, you know, the EFL and the teams in the EFL are struggling to make ends meet and are really being affected by these things. Um, and that's a bit of a bit of a travesty, isn't it? Um, really. Um, in terms of the 1 pm kickoffs, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I like the idea of 3pm. I like the idea of th th that it goes dark at half time. But to be honest, I'm not really that bothered. Um, 
It made my life easier if it was a 1pm kickoff. that's for sure. <laughs> I only looked, I only saw... Yeah, I wouldn't be working till one o'clock on a Saturday night yeah. to get my stuff done for the paper. I only I, saw Mansfield Walsall was one o'clock this morning and I'm there in a couple of weeks. I was actually like, oh, saying they're going to be home at a reasonable hour, but... Yeah, you'll be home at a reasonable hour yeah. and you'll get work done and then Saturday yeah, night yeah. You, can, you can have yourself a curry and you can sit in front of the telly and watch Strictly Come Dancing and you'll be sorted. Don't do that, mate. I'm only 28 years old. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a good, it is a it is a, a valid point on that. Just back to the football. Um, Daniel Udo underwent successful knee surgery. Steve Clotter yep. was happy with it. The doctors were, which is a good um, a good sign. But a big blow. George Nurse uh, it was revealed on Saturday that at some point I'm not too sure when it happened, but he'd suffered a and same injury, anterior cruciate ligament injury. He's going to be out for the season. You know, to have one ACL injury in a squad of the season is unlucky, isn't it? All but to have two is. Um, must be it's really absolutely shocking play. luck. I mm. mean, it's absolutely shocking luck. And there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. You know, ACL injuries are not something that, you know, it's a little bit different, I think, with soft tissue ones. I think, I don't think they're particularly controllable because I think you get a, you're going to get them when, you know, you've got game after game after game after game. But, you know, the stronger you are and the more strength and conditioning that you do, like they can, you can potentially, they, they're more preventable. And ACL, it's just, it's just, you just can't do anything about it. And it's desperately unlucky. And you can't help but feel sorry for the management and the club that two of their most influential and two of their, George Nurse has been outstanding so far this year. He's been one of the players that I've been most impressed with since coming in. I think they're really going to miss him. Um, I think he's very, very, you know, he offers a great outlook going forward. He's comfortable on the ball. Um, and yeah, I'm just, oh, it's just absolute, it's an absolute travesty um, for the club. Um, they all must be gutted, um, and the players and the playing staff around around him must be gutted for him also. Um, and you know, it's an awfully long injury layoff, isn't it? When you get when you get an ACL an ACL problem like that. So I feel nothing but sympathy for Nurse, nothing but sympathy for for Daniel Udo, and nothing but sympathy for 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 Cottrell really. That you know. You take two of a side's best players out of most teams, and it's going to challenge. It's going to challenge you, uh, and it's going to put you under the pump. So, you know, it's a, it's a it's a real it's a real tough thing for Shrewsbury. It's a real tough thing for, for for Steve Cottrell to to kind of have to deal with, and now you know find find um, a place elsewhere. Yeah, no, it's tough to take all the best to George Nurse and his recovery, and and Daniel yeah. Udo as he after he's gone under the knife. Um, just. And then on a couple of other points, you know, I spoke to Steve Cottrell on Thursday, said um, Julian DaCosta and Aidan O'Brien were edging closer. Um, but there was a meeting going on about an hour after the press conference that we had on uh, Thursday about whether they when they were going to come back. So if we'd have turned up a few hours later for our press, we might have found out what was discussed in that meeting. As it transpires, it was well obviously that they were going to return. They were in squad on um, Saturday. I believe both came off the bench against uh, Cheltenham. Boost, I suppose, isn't it? You know, DeCosta being a being a wing back, obviously plays on the other side to Nurse uh, and O'Brien um, coming back with Udo on the treatment table. That is a that is a big boost now for what is a, a, a really busy run of games for Salop. It's a bloody pain in the arse, isn't it? The, the moment they get the two players back, it's like it's like one in, one out. Yeah, it's like somebody saying, "Yeah, you can have those two back, but if you want them two back, then then we're going to have to wipe somebody else out, isn't it?" I mean, it's just. 
it's just like desperately sad that they can't seem to get everybody fit at the same time. Um, but yeah, a massive boost, isn't it? O'Brien back. Uh, really excited to watch him. Uh, a lot of talk about his potential. Um, he was a really exciting coup for town, wasn't he? Um, when you know when the, when they got him in. Um, so yeah, like I say, really looking forward to watching him play um, and to seeing what impact that he can have. Um, I'm sure that he will still be being um, kind of build up to match fitness. Uh, we don't expect him to start, probably do we at the weekend, but maybe play a little bit more of an impact from the bench. But it just gives Shrewsbury more options, doesn't it? Gives them more options. And you think that like in forward areas with the likes of Bowman, Pike, Street, Sadie, O'Brien, you know, they've got plenty of options there that, that they can choose from. Yeah, and the, same with, and the same with the Costa as well. Good to see him back. Um, <clears throat> obviously he's been out with a hernia hasn't he which he um which he he kind of he was suffering with that i think just before the forest green game but it feels like a long time ago now um but yeah um it's good to have him back too and it just gives town a little, a little just just those you know a little bit more of an option um a little bit more of an option um you know so a bit, bit more strength in depth and, you know, people on the bench that can make an impact. That's what they need, isn't it? Yeah. Coming up now, um, actually last week, this week and the week after, no midweek games. You know, I asked Steve Cottrell about that as a story uh, that will be in the star over the next couple of days. Um, I it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a big bonus uh, that they haven't got him. Do you know what? Oh, I was thinking this still. I have actually got a midweek game this week. Um well, it's quite nice when there isn't a midweek game. I'm sure you're quite pleased that there's going to be no no midweek game. Um, no, I'm devastated. You're devastated. Oh, I suppose you've yeah. missed a lot of football now, haven't you? Missed loads of football. Yeah, yeah. You missed loads like of match football. Fitness, but, but just on a on a serious note, you know, that'll, given what's happened with injuries, and you know, you're bringing back to Costa uh, and O'Brien and getting them obviously fully, fully, fully up to speed. Um, it's just probably, it's probably more of a benefit to Salah that they've got Saturday to Saturday to Saturday rather than that relentless schedule and given the injuries that they've picked up already, I suppose. Yeah, it allows it allows Cottrell the, the chance and the time to to build players up um the way that he would like to. I suppose it allows him and his coaching staff more time on the training ground, more time to get into the players. You know, they are still a new group. Nine transfer signings was it over the summer. Um they are still bonding, they are still gelling together. Um so it gives them more time on the training ground, doesn't it? It gives them, you know, uh, more of a chance for him to get his ideas into them and to, to kind of get the way that they want to play. So, you know, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it can only be a benefit, really. And also the, the elements of fatigue are less. That is terrible English, isn't it? The elements of fatigue are less. Um, but less chance of getting fatigue. Less chance of fatigue, fatigue, I think, is the way I should have said yeah. that. Um, journalist, what? Um, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how they go. But I think it, it's positive. It's po- it can only be a positive. I think they've got a midweek game, haven't they, next week against Stockport, or it could be the week after. I'll have to double check in the in the yeah, a couple of weeks away. Yeah, that's the next yeah. midweek one, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it gives it gives it gives it gives a manager as a manager, it's what you want, isn't it? Because you can spend all week focusing. You've got five days or however long. I'm not sure their training schedules exactly, but they've got time to prepare tactically for exactly how they want to play so they can go out, hopefully, and execute a game plan. Um, 
So yeah, I imagine that Steve Cottrell will be very pleased that he's got time to get to get the work into his to, to his players. It's interesting because I asked Luke Lee about this the other week because managers kind of managers are always you watch match of the day or you watch like the big football teams and they're always bleating aren't they about oh we've got too many games and all that and you know you can kind of you understand it more in, as, as you go down the leagues because you know obviously you don't have the depth as much but um it's interesting because i think and this won't be the case for everyone but luke lee tells me that he really enjoys it he, he likes to, to to play saturday tuesday and I suppose it's that interesting, you know, players like playing, don't they? They like playing games um, rather than not saying that they don't like training. But, you know, um, so I find that an interesting dynamic that actually the players want to play. But the managers, I mean, I can't say all the players want to play, but that's what um, that's what uh, Luke Lee said. So I find that quite interesting yeah. as well. The different dynamic between players and coaches. Coaches want the players fresh, whereas the players themselves actually want to get out there and... Uh, yeah amongst it yeah no it's interesting right time for a, an advert um as always podcast brought to you in association with the kettle and toaster man for all your kitchen needs not even that they sell a lot more than kitchen stuff and if you want to get onto to all their products head over to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk or if you want to go in store for a little trip head over to um thorns road in briley hill where the kettle and toaster man store is and see what they have on offer right um, we got no salad questions this week. We didn't go out with questions just because all returned this morning, all jet lagged from his his trip to Canada, um, and it was an impromptu recording, really. Um, so no questions. But I have got a big question for all. Um, we spoke about it before we come on air. Um, Ollie, you've just been appointed. From what you've seen so far, um, on the situation with players out, players injured, you are you've just been appointed the manager of of Shrewsbury Town. Um, you're the new head coach of Shrewsbury Town in my little game. Um, okay. and I want to want to know who you would, what system you would play, and who you would play um, as your eleven. So you're you're picking a team for Saturday, MK Dons. Um, where, what system you're playing, who you're playing where? Oh dear, Johnny. But real life football manager, but it's not actually real life. Even though even though I knew this question was coming, I still don't know the answer to it. Um, right, so so Marco Morosi's in goal. Yeah, well he's injured though. Oh yeah, I suppose he is. Yeah, he didn't play Saturday, did he? No, he's he's, he's injured, isn't he? So let's just say he's he's fit. He's going to be fit for MK Dons. Yeah, I, th- I mean, even if Marco Morosi is not not in goal, we know who the number two is, don't we? So I think that position yeah. picks itself. So, so the, I mean, the big thing, the big thing is the formation, isn't it? So what's it? Yeah, what's this to me of playing? Well, I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know simply because I haven't seen what formation they've been playing while I've been away. I know that they've been changing between the. This between is just the... all you, old. This is just how you're going to play. Don't. Don't go. Don't think what they're playing at the moment. What, what, what did they play at? What did they play at Port Vale? It looked like a three. Are three you asking me to pick what I would like to play? What you would like to play. So what you what you would play? What your system would be, and who who would be in it if you were in charge? So you've got a blank piece of paper. You can choose yeah. what you want to do. But I suppose you have to pick your system based on the players that you've got, don't you? You're making this way too more complicated than it should <laughs> okay, be. Okay, I'll go for a four-two-three-one. <laughs> I'll go for a four-two-three-one then. Right, four-two-three-one. Um, I'd play Flanagan and Dunkley uh, centre halves. Pennington your, at right back. Bennett at left back. Lou, your boy, Lee, your boy Che Dunkley. Your, che your, Dunkley your, is your my favourite man. My, my favourite. Who was my, left back? Uh, uh, Bennett, and I'm, that that's because, the, because the, of the situation at the moment. The, because of the situation with Nurse. 
Uh, I don't, I think Luke Lee's brilliant. Uh, I've been really impressed with Luke Lee. And I think that if he's not, I, I haven't seen him, I didn't see the game on Saturday, but I think if he's not in midfield, I think Tan will miss him. Yeah. Um, I think they'll miss his presence, not in midfield. Um, I don't know who else would play. If we're playing a four, I don't know who else would play at left back. Yeah. Um, and I, Bennett's an experienced campaigner. Um, I'm, he's a fullback by trade, isn't he? So I'm sure he can fill in, even though it's not on his right side. But you see quite a lot of players playing on the wrong side, don't you? Um, I, obviously, it's not ideal. Just on that, you know, just button into that, you, you know, as you say there, you'd want to keep Lee in the middle um, if you play Bennett there. With the situation out, Nurse is out for the season. You know, and you look at left backs, you're probably going into a recognised left back looking at someone like um, Josh Bailey, who played at, you know, in, in the under 18s and played in them Papa John's games. Could you, yeah. I know it's a few months away, could you see Cottrell maybe going in January and trying to bring in a, a left back? Um, yeah. Like a recognised yeah, left back, given what's happened? You, you could. Um, I know Shipley can play at wing back. Maybe left back might be a touch of a stretch for Shipley to play at. I mean, I, I could be wrong there. You might see him as, as a viable option at, but I suppose. As, as a fullback, your first job is to defend, whereas I suppose when you're playing in a back five, that you've got a little bit more freedom going the yeah. other way, haven't you? So whether, you know, Shipley's more of a, an attacking outlet for town, so whether maybe playing at, at left back might be a bit of a stretch for him. Obviously, Lee, he can do it, but, you know, you, you kind of want him everywhere, don't you? Lee, he's been, I know he's only recently converted to a midfielder, but he's been very impressive this year. And when he plays well, town play well. Um, and I think they'll definitely miss him. So yeah, I think I think it's a very very valid point that you know if it comes to if it comes to January um, and and I mean they've got fullback cover, haven't they? They've got they've got De Costa and they've got they've got cover for that. Um, you know some important big decisions to be made by by Steve Cotter when it comes to pick any side for 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 Saturday. Um, yeah, so you know we'll see we'll we'll see what they do with it. Um, but anyway, I'm digressing. So in the midfield two, I'd have Winchester and Luke Leahy, um, and then yeah. I'd have uh, Bayliss in the ten, Shipley on the left, uh, Sadie up front, and am I forgetting anybody? Yeah, someone on the right. Raquel Pike on the right. I think that's probably there we go. probably. And my team, my team probably won't be set up that well, so we, we'd I probably won't get the tactics right, so we'd probably lose. 3-0, probably. If, get the tactics all wrong. If it gets to 2 o'clock on Saturday and that team's picked, then maybe Steve Cox will listen to the, the Shrews' <laughs> views. <laughs> there we go, there's Ols. There's Ols' team. Steve um, Cox knows a hell of a lot more about football than I do. <laughs> there we go, there's uh, there's Ols' team. Oh, we're coming to the end now. We, we, we've brought you a, a, a bit of a longer one today with with um, Ols' absence, but Ols' back now and we're, we're banging to it. Oh, two games, um, Saturday, Saturday, MK Dons, Fleetwood. Both below Salop in the table at the moment, but obviously the table is quite fluid. Salop went from ninth to twelfth on Saturday. A win will probably put them back up to eighth or ninth. Um, looking at those starts from those teams to the season, would you take maybe a win and a draw or a, a couple of draws from those those games, or what? What, what do you think the the points haul will be look, looking like that they'll be Salop will be looking to get? Sorry, it's MK Dons this Saturday, and who's who, who's it? The Fleetwood weekend? the following Saturday, Fleetwood. I believe. Um, I will double check that. But yeah, uh, I think it's Fleetwood. Bear with me. Let's just look at the league table. Fleetwood, Milton Keynes, Dons. They've not had yeah, the it's great Fleetwood away. Okay, yeah. Um, well, obviously, you look at those games and think that if you want to, you want to be ideally, we want to be unbeaten in those games, don't we? Want to be unbeaten in those games if you can pick up three points in one. 
you know, can be solid at the back, hard to beat, you know, get a goal, um, then I think, yeah, I mean, they're going to be tough games. They're going to be tough games, aren't they? Because, you know, those two sides are going to spend the week preparing of how to stop Shrewsbury from winning, how they can try and get three points. So, you know, they're going to, it's going to be a tough game. If we can get a win and a draw, I think that'd be an outstanding return. If we could win one, um, if we could, if we could definitely get three points in one of them, then that'd be good. But, you know, I think if we could, obviously, yeah, it's it's. What am I saying? It. What am I saying? Ugh. It's um, bloody hell! It's the jet lag catching up with me. This is Johnny. You've been you kept me talking too long. I'm just rambling now. Um, yeah, ideally, ideally, a win and a draw. I'd take uh, uh, and and I'd take maybe a win and a defeat. If we can win the home game, um, then that be then that be great. But I think a win and a draw would be an outstanding return, for sure. Yeah, no, be interested to see what they get. Um, South fans, thank you very much for listening. It's been a good start to the season. You know, 19, uh, 15 from, uh, I think it's 11 games, 12th in the table, a solid start. And hopefully things will continue to get better. Once again, thanks very much for listening to Shrew's Views. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>